Are goblins real and roaming the earth? Are ghosts made out of the same stuff as Wi-Fi? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Live! Hello! Hey! And welcome to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast where every Tuesday we get to the bottom of a different paranormal tale, deciding if it's truly paranormal or not. Uh, Mythbusters style. Uh, as always, you're joined by me, Kit Greer Mulvena, and Rory Powers, who's sitting across from me, my co-investigator. How are you doing today, Rory? I'm doing great, Kit. Fantastic intro questions there, uh, specifically the one about goblins roaming the earth. Uh, I know mm. it's become quite a popular thing for people to refer to loafing about the house as uh, going goblin mode. Right. You know, maybe those lazy Sundays where you just want to watch TV, play video games, and order Domino's Pizza... And I want to say I think that's a misuse of the term, because if you're truly going goblin mode, yes, you would order a Domino's pizza online, but you would wait in the shadows until the pizza delivery guy arrives, club him Shank over the him, head, yeah. and then take the pizza and all the money he has in his wallet, yeah. and then do a little goblin shuffle as you leave, you know? <laughs> yeah, you might piss on, on his knocked out uh, body on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're kind of you know literally rolling around in your own shit. It's really a different level to what people are. Just, you know, people are making it into this cutesy little relatable thing. Yeah. You, you don't want to go goblin mode. No, I went goblin mode for for a, a holiday weekend a few years back. I ate bugs. <laughs> I ate bugs for three days, and not in a nice way like the fucking cast of the Lion King while they're singing Hakuna Matata. They were cockroaches. <laughs> You're eating cockroaches like cornflakes. And he's been dealing with the parasites ever since. It's disgusting. Uh, we don't want to live don't like them. It. It, there's there's few things in this life that separate us from the goblins. And it's daily showers and vitamins. Yeah. So take your vitamins and, <laughs> and, and keep bathing. Uh, I want to know if you can go all the other modes of the mythical creatures. Like, can you go elf mode? Where you're just really lean and handsome and... I think you can run while you're sleeping. Yeah, you know? I mean, I think that's the that's certainly how elves were depicted in Lord of the Rings. Between you and me, I don't know if elves are really that different from goblins because, you know, we've looked at Icelandic elves and they were pretty tricky. Yeah, they were actually sneaky little f***ers. So they actually, a lot of those elves went goblin mode. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel twist. I want to know if Gandalf ever went goblin mode. Like after the after the ring was brought and destroyed in the volcano or whatever it was, I want to know if the hobbits went goblin mode. I think when a hobbit goes goblin mode, it becomes Smeagol. That's kind of how that happened. Yeah, I never fully understood that transformation. What was the point of where he came from? He was a hobbit, but then he was corrupted by the ring and that turned him into what he is. Yeah, which I think is still a hobbit. But like a really weird one. Right. But he, he seems like too different, doesn't he? He seems like a wretched little Spider-Man. It's like, uh, you know, you're, you're one friend that gets into like deep web conspiracies. <laughs> and then the next time you see him, he's like, I can't believe you're leaving, living these little lives. When, when the truth is, is right in front of us. And it's like, he is still human, but he is kind of like, he's become a little weird. But you draw the line if he's like naked on all fours. <laughs> okay. Like if his YouTube rabbit hole... Leads him to that. <laughs> that he just conclusion. ate a fish from the river. I just saw him grab a raw fish and bite its head off. <laughs> I did enjoy a tweet the other day I saw where it was a, a picture of uh, Timothée Chalamet in a hot tub. And they were like, this is like yassified Gollum. Uh, <laughs> which is surprisingly spot on as much as I love Timothée. Uh, <laughs> but we are not here to talk about uh, child star Timote. Um, we are here to talk about the paranormal specifically. Yes. Um, and we have a fantastic case we need to get into today. A case, Rory, that came as a listener submission. Whoa. Now, Joe Heath writes, Hey guys, hope you're well. I have a little story for you. Growing up in Birkenhead, I used to always get books like Haunted Liverpool, Haunted World, and they would have tons of stories in which today's email brings to light, and I feel you should cover this, as the place has hundreds of stories. Cheers, Joe Heath. Where is this place, Birkenhead? This is just outside Liverpool. If oh. you've ever got the ferry to Liverpool, that is at Birkenhead. 
Okay, okay. So that's exactly where we're headed. Somewhere we have investigated uh, a few times before, although not that recently. You know, we did cover a case involving time slips in Liverpool. Yes. Um, Liverpool notoriously is full of little corners and alleys that if you walk down, you might go back in time. I think we did a few episodes set in Liverpool, and after attempting the accent uh, a few times, our listeners insisted that we stop, and we don't return. And we've been training, training daily ever since, and today's the day we're going to prove ourselves. Oh, God, I hope there's no dialogue. We are going to go f***ing method, Daniel Day-Lewis style, (laughs) DDL mode engaged. (laughs) And that's exactly what we're going to get into right after a couple words from today's sponsors with a reminder, every episode of This Paranormal Life is available ad-free right now at patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. Today's story begins in November 1963 in the Cavern Club in Liverpool, a pumping live entertainment venue in the heart of Liverpool. Ooh, very cool. This was as swinging 60s as it got in England at this time. The club was busy because not only was stand-up comedian Jimmy Tarbuck performing that night, he was being supported by Vic and the Spider-Man. The Jimmy Tarbuck and Vic and the Spider-Man? Oh my god. <laughs> As the show ended, most of the punters filed out, leaving the regular stragglers hitting the bar to chop it up. The stage was empty and the sounds and lights had ended for the night. Or had they? At that moment, out of nowhere, a green flash of light took the drinkers by surprise. It's the goblin! <laughs> what? He came for the Spider-Man! Oh no! <laughs> a, a, oh shit! A pumpkin bomb rolled across the bar. <laughs> oh shit! It took them a second to realize what was happening before one of them spun round. There was a huge glowing green light in the center of the club. But inside it, something was visible. Maybe even moving. The man sitting closest could see it was a girl. A young woman, dressed crazily though, with bright pink hair and clothes like he had never seen before. She was wearing huge boots and had tattoos all over. He stood up, straining to see closer, but the light was vibrating and shifting. At this point, at least three different people were staring at this phenomenon. Before, after about 10 seconds, the light suddenly vanished and the girl was nowhere to be seen, leaving the club dark and quiet again. And they struggled to wrap their heads around what had just happened. Wow. What the hell is going on here? (laughs) I mean, a girl with pink hair, tattoos and boots who in the morning is never seen again. I feel like I've had a very similar experience to this in my (laughs) lifetime. All right, all right, all right. Amy, if you hear this, call me, is what I'm, because you gave me your number, but then you didn't, after the first night, you didn't call me back, so what's going on? Yeah, you go Is it because I put on Twilight on the date? I thought it'd be romantic. You going to a hardcore show to, to pick up raver girls <laughs> is not the same as the paranormal happenings of this story. <laughs> yeah, you know, you are exactly right. The problem is that telling this story today... If in 2023 you see this woman in a nightclub surrounded by green mist, it's an e-girl hitting an elf bar getting lit up by the dance floor lasers. (laughs) But back in 1963, this was not okay. Right. Of course, this is not the underworld in Camden on a Saturday (laughs) night. Because this isn't even Liverpool, right? This is, you said it's like a little... No, no, this is in Liverpool. This is in Liverpool. Oh, but I mean like not in the city. No, it is in the city. Yeah, I can't get anything right. (laughs) (laughs) We're dead centre in the city. It was Joe, our, our our suggestion was written by Joe who lives outside Liverpool. Okay, you f***ed me, Joe. No, you sabotaged no, Joe was very case. clear. Very <laughs> clear. We are dead centre. But it's 1963, so I said things were pretty swinging, but you you could probably get arrested for wearing a mini skirt. Yeah. Fashion had not moved on this far. Uh, things were, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but, you know, this was uh, the time of, you know, the first pop music, you know, things weren't that advanced. Even if we set aside the huge green orb portal, the clothes, the hairstyle, basically none of it even existed back then. Leaving many who heard this story to believe that those men had witnessed someone from the future. Whoa. I mean, that it would be what you would assume a time traveler would look like. Someone from the future. You know, it's like all the sci-fi movies where it's like, what is it like in the future? 
Well, people have crazier hair, for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the boots, maybe not that wild. But yeah, I mean, even tattoos in the 1960s were more of a controversial thing. Uh, they're much more commonplace now. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, if you watch like Star Wars or any sci-fi movie, a uh, person from the future, it's like slightly different hair, slightly different clothes. <laughs> not much. <laughs> I watched that um, Star Wars series Andor. I don't know if you checked out that one. I hadn't. It was an excellent series. I do recommend it. But uh, I will say the wardrobe at times, I was like, I'm pretty sure I own that one. That's a jumper from Top Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> the wardrobe was not doing enough heavy lifting for this to be in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. That was a galaxy in f***ing Croydon because they were wearing <laughs> Urban Outfitters and Uniqlo. Yeah. In a galaxy far, far away, people should be wearing gas. They should be made of spiders. It should be so completely abstract and, and confusing. Not just like, you should see the f- hats they wear here they're, <laughs> they're purple it's crazy <laughs> so still a hat <laughs> but it is true i mentioned right at the beginning of this episode liverpool is already notorious for time slips is that what we're seeing here right a, a time slip but in such a specific manner where essentially mm. a rick and morty-esque portal opened up <laughs> and a traveler from the future appeared in the past Yes, not like we've seen before. If you haven't heard that episode we did on time slips, it was much more, I think the, the, the key story in it was that of uh, a thief on the run from security and he had like stolen something and he was running down an alleyway and he basically tripped and fell into the 1500s. Yeah, that was something. a wild one. And he's then like, whoa, like fish out of water, walking down a street, horse and carriage almost hits him. Get out of the way, Junior. Yeah, that he spent a weird stuff. amount of time back there. <laughs> Don't know, I'm not going to go on record now to say whether that was a double yes or not, but point being, this is a little bit different to that. Okay, okay. In what I hope is an unconnected set of events, the day after this green girl was sighted, JFK was assassinated. Whoa. From Dallas, Texas, the Flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now this story would be mad enough as it is, but you just know this wasn't the first or last time something like this would happen at the Cavern Club. It turns out that the workers of this club were not remotely surprised at what had happened. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they must have been a little. And if they weren't, start questioning them. Start with them first. Right, are they time lords? What's their deal? There is a long history of paranormal activity at the Cavern Club. Like Joe mentioned in our email at the top of the episode, the Cavern Club is home to hundreds of sightings of ghostly and paranormal occurrences. This wasn't even the first time the green flash had been spotted. Ghosts were heavily associated with these green flashes of light by the time these events took place. Oh, ghosts? So not time travellers specifically, but the green flashes are just being associated with all types of paranormal activity? Could be. Um, maybe she's a ghost from the future. Future ghosts. <laughs> Doesn't happen that often here on TPL, but I'm worried a it, certain possibility. I'm worried it sounds like a lot of this you're kind of making up on the fly. You're like, I don't know future where you're ghosts. That <laughs> yeah, that'll do. <laughs> sure, future ghosts. You know, maybe it shouldn't be that surprising. Of course, all corners of the UK are haunted. We've covered a lot of them. Um, and this building has been around for a long time too. The club itself opened in 1957, hosting jazz bands and dancing all the time. But it was the 60s that put the Cavern Club on the map because in 1961, a little band called The Beatles played there for the first time. It hasn't been around for that long. Well, the building's been around there for a long time. <laughs> the building's been around for a couple of years before no, the no, first no. ghost the showed club, up. The club <laughs> has been, the business has been operating for a couple of years. Oh, okay. But the building's been around since... Uh, so, sorry, right, so you think whenever they, whenever someone wants to open a, a live music venue, they go, okay, I'm just going to get some bricks and some cement and I'm going to build my music venue. The way you're uh, wording it no. is really confusing. The, the, the building is probably a thousand years old. <laughs> okay. for all well, we I don't know, know though. Mm. <laughs> all right. It's in the center of Liverpool. How old is Liverpool? Good point. To be fair, if it's in the center of Liverpool, which we do know it is... Should uh, I find out... Yeah, why not? I want to get a specific here. It's 1957. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, you know, meet in the middle and say 700 years. Fine. 
You're getting focused on the wrong things. Didn't you hear the Beatles showed up? This is a pretty spicy story. Okay, okay. They played their first gig there and then they made it their signature club, playing regularly, honing their craft inches from their first fans. Rory, wouldn't you have just killed to be there at a Beatles gig in 1963? You know how I feel about the Beatles. <laughs> right, so brother, yellow submarine, huh? I could take it or leave it, I think. I'm sorry. I just think we might need to scrub that from the episode because I think I'm kind of doing this episode to try and get the Liverpool crowd in. Right. And if not the Liverpool audience, the frankly millions of hordes of Beatles fans around the world who flock to Liverpool every year to worship the Beatles. So, I didn't even know the Beatles were from Liverpool. That's how little I oh knew about God. the Beatles. So to, to give you an idea of Rory's grasp of British culture, we're drinking <laughs> cans of Diet Coke. And he said, who's this broad on the can? I definitely didn't say that. Oh, you didn't say broad. And I said, I said, it's Kate Moss. He said, who? And you didn't, oh my God, this is a disaster. I think I then asked, is she a singer or an actress? And <laughs> I said, said she's, she's one of the most model. famous models of all time. And then we realized I only know Skate Moss, an Instagrammer <laughs> who skateboards. <laughs> yes, to play catch up for Rory, and for presumably the toddlers listening to this episode who don't know where the, where the Beatles are from, they're from Liverpool. Yeah. Liverpool is uh, Mecca. Mecca for fans of those guys. And you know me, Rory. No one's a bigger fan than me. Let's talk about the paranormal. I think I don't no think we need to talk about the Beatles. No one's a bigger fan than me. And I'm just, I'm really happy to have the Beatles fans listening. You guys are so welcome. Welcome to this paranormal life. We talk about the Beatles all the time, to be honest. We did in a recent episode. Uh, did we? How much well, we don't want to send people that one. Oh, whoa. Yeah, that got a lot of negative comments on YouTube. There's an interesting concept here uh, when we're talking about this venue where if you're looking at the bands that played in this venue, the listings could go all the way back to, as you said, the Beatles in 1967. But if this place is really as paranormal as they're claiming, there could be future bands playing there. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, one night could be Beatles, the next night could be Squonk and the Gozos, <laughs> who came from the year 40,000 to perform live. We don't know. Maybe the Beatles performed in the 1800s in this venue. What do you think uh, music from four light years from now sounds like? Well, we know that the... The music in the Star Wars universe played in the cantina is officially called jizz. <laughs> Instead of jazz. Have we talked about this on the podcast? We have. I think we have before. <laughs> For some reason, George Lucas decided, even though it was basically jazz, he was like, they call it jizz. <laughs> on their planet. It's, this is with no humor, no irony. He says it's canon that the cantina music is called jizz. He did. And then he said, and when the Star Wars fans hear it, they're going to jazz in their pants. <laughs> it's like, George, you got these mixed up. <laughs> For f**k's sake. That is yet another, that maybe the, maybe I have more bones to pick with the Star Wars universe than I thought, because that is... Uh, we got to get back to the story, because man. Because that is... <laughs> the fact that that is what constitutes music on another planet is just jazz is crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. We got to get back to the story. You're right. It feels a little significant though, right? That this music venue, chock full of paranormal activity, also happens to be the birthplace of the biggest band the world has ever known. Mm. That will check out to you, Chief. Well, that's a good point. You're saying the two are related somehow. If only they could have known what would be a hit song in the future. Okay, I didn't have that written down, but I like that train of thought. You can take it. You can, I got more. Future ghosts. No, take that. I'll take that one and I'll put it away in a box and burn it. <laughs> Is there some kind of f***ed up energy field going on creating these strange happenings? I don't know if Ringo was from the year 3000, but, you know, it seems like there is an overspilling of some kind of strange energy goo going yeah. on in this venue. All I know about the year 3000, according to Busted, is that triple-breasted women walk around town totally naked. How did they get away with That was a song for children. Yeah, How I sang it as a child. They really snuck that in there. All of their songs were about shagging. It was kind of nuts. What I Go to School For, Air Hostess. It was all just about having sex. That's crazy. Yeah, it was kind of weird looking back now. Yeah, yeah. they ruined my life, I think. <laughs> 
Okay, I suppose I do have to move on, and I should have known that even just mentioning Paul McCartney was going to make Rory murderously angry. So, don't worry, the Beatles being famous isn't my only piece of paranormal evidence in today's case. Because I haven't even told you the most famous and shocking paranormal events to take place in the Cavern Club. And after I do, you might not be able to f***ing sleep at night. You hear me? goddamn son of a bitch. I do want to know more because the only thing that's happened so far is a girl turned up in a goo bubble. You're going to be crying for your mummy after you hear this. And that the Beatles played there. This is an A24 horror movie script about to happen. It was more than... Yeah, well, the girl was... That was top tier paranormal <laughs> happenings. We would normally have to go sit through a two-parter, Jeff Lamongu style, to, to simply get a, a, a glance at a green girl from the future. So we're going to get into all this and more right after a couple words from today's sponsors. Every now and then, Rory and I come across a podcast that we simply have to tell you about because we know that TPL listeners are gonna love it. That's why I'm so pleased to say that this episode is brought to you by The Luke and Pete Show. This is pretty cool because Luke and Pete are friends of ours and they just happen to also be podcast royalty. The Luke and Pete Show is one of the top ranking podcasts in the UK comedy charts. Oh yeah, and if you thought this paranormal life is crazy and chaotic, this show has absolutely no rules. Unscripted, unplanned, unsupervised. I think the only rule is that it is technically, legally a podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, Luke Moore and Pete Donaldson bring you the world's strangest stories. From Luke's belief in UFO conspiracy theories to Elon Musk's latest attempts to be cool. The Luke and Pete Show community is a broad church and everyone's welcome. I am personally highly invested in Pete's journey to importing a vintage Toyota Century limousine from Japan. I think last time I checked, he got the car and didn't have keys for it. So uh, I'm looking forward to what the next bad thing that happens is. Yeah, I don't know a lot about cars, but I think keys are pretty important to the whole machine. Right. Listen now wherever you get your podcast. The Luke and Pete Show every Monday and Thursday. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Rory, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Like, run a bath, call a friend on the phone. Ooh, an extra hour. Mm. Probably plot revenge. What? Plot revenge against my enemies. Okay, sure, well... I'd start with Keith. Well, like Rory... Oh, just saying his name! (laughs) A lot of us wish we had more time. But if we had it... What would we use it for? In life, the best way to feel like we have time is to prioritize what's most important to us and make time for it. Therapy can be a great way of looking inward and setting those priorities. Hey, I've got a priority, brother. Priority mailing this bag of dog poop to Keith's front door. Honestly, prioritize literally anything else. Therapy can help you gain life skills, set boundaries, and communicate better. Well, I would like to communicate some thoughts to Keith. If you're thinking about trying therapy, though, why not start with better help? It's all online, so it fits beautifully around your lifestyle. All you gotta do is fill out a questionnaire and kablam, they match you with a licensed therapist, which you can, of course, change at any time. You can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Thanks, BetterHelp. To hear the craziest chapter in the Cavern Club's paranormal history we need to jump back to the club's opening. It's first year, 1957. Which, to be clear, the building is probably older. Heaps older than that. Right. This is just when the club opened. But the club, incredibly modern. It was basically like a f***ing hospital. There there wasn't a brick left of the old building. And one night, three blokes, Johnny, Peter, and Tony, decided to hit the club to listen to jazz in the small hours of the morning. Just to clarify, uh, jazz is earth jizz. <laughs> right, for our, for for our, our sci-fi ta- listeners. For our Tatooine and Dagobah system <laughs> listeners. It's a lot like jizz. And they told their girlfriends to meet them there too. The music and the booze was flowing. And before long, it was 4am. The room filled with smoke, but emptying out of people. And each of the lads had sank a Rory's dozen of pints. 
The six friends sat around laughing and smoking, talking about absolutely everything from sports to religion. At which point, one of the girls, Rita, brought up that the toilets in the cavern were supposed to be haunted. Peter wasn't having any of it. No way. I don't believe it for a second. That's probably made up by the owner, Alan, to get people talking. Of all the things he could say, why would he tell people it's haunted? But right then, one of the bouncers overheard them. You best start believing in ghost stories. Because you're in one. He said that. He did. This was the owner, did you say? This was a bouncer. This was a bouncer. Okay. Jack. Sorry, you have a problem with that line? No, it's fine. Uh, so the implication is that he's been working at the establishment long enough <laughs> to have... He mostly probably, he probably has... He probably has had experience in the bathrooms with the ghost, if anyone has. Well, if you want to beat people over the head with the interpretation of the line, then, then absolutely by all means. I'm just so desperately trying to steer us away from the Pirates of the Caribbean. The Pirates of the what? <laughs> and keep us back on what track of the story. What are you talking about, dude? That's we're where the line comes from. Carib- Caribbean? We're the in best are in Liverpool. in ghost stories. Something about that beat of silence. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Captain Jack. It wasn't even him that says it in the movie. <laughs> Believe you me, it's no joke. One of the other bouncers saw the man in black just the other night, right here in the club. Why is he a pirate? <laughs> Why is this man a pirate? Then, Johnny piped up. Oh, oh, I know. We should do a seance. <sighs> Johnny, no, we said no more seances. It's not even fun. It's just weird how into seances you are. Chechen Goujon? It's the Chechen. goo that gets me the Goujon. Chechen Goujon? Yes. Chechen Goujon. That was one so clear. So hard. But the girls agreed. They thought it would be fun. So they grabbed a candle and turned off all the lights and even got the bouncers to join in. This is how you get ghosts. Johnny spoke first. Oh, Lord of Darkness, I invite you into the cavern. Give us a sign so we may believe. At first, there was nothing. But then, at the edge of their vision, they could see a shadow moving across the room. But it wasn't a shadow. It was a man in a black suit. He was extremely handsome. He calmly walked over and sat at the table. The group were silent, but assumed this was another straggler who'd come to join the fun. I'm the devil. Said the man. But naturally, they didn't believe him. (laughs) First of all, mate, there's no such thing as the devil, said Johnny. Well, if there's no such thing as the devil, give me your soul. (laughs) Uh, Okay, then. Take it. Whatever. He said, laughing, trying to be cool in front of Rita and the girls. Thank you, said the handsome stranger. And just then, the candle went out. Everyone screamed, shocked. The bouncers got up and touched around the room to get the lights back on. And before long, they did. As their eyes adjusted to the light, they could see the man was gone. He must have got up from the table. But one person wouldn't be getting up from the table, Rory. One by one, they all realized that Johnny was face down on the table. Jesus! They thought he was just drunk and passed out at first but then realized something wasn't right. He was taken to hospital, but he was already dead. The coroner would rule the 27-year-old death to be from natural causes, but his friends at the Cavern Club knew that this was because he gave the devil his soul that night. Wow, that's terrifying. You know what's crazy? This this kind of happened to me once before. <laughs> Low-key. <laughs> this is going to be nuts. <laughs> Y'all ever wonder why my pupils are black? This, I, when I was uh, living in uh, Toronto, Canada, I went to a Halloween party once. And, you know, Halloween parties are great because there's some people that you take it really seriously. There's some people that just want to dress up as sexy versions of things. Uh, and then there's some people who get really creative and have, like, fun, really unique costumes. 
And at one part of the the night in this, it was like a house party. So I don't, it was just kind of pouring out onto the street. You're wandering about. At one point I met this guy and I was like, (laughs) I couldn't work out what his costume was because it looked like he was just wearing a suit. And he was like a red haired gentleman with like slick back hair (laughs) and a red tie. And he was walking around the party with uh, a giant bottle of fireball whiskey Mm -hmm. and a clipboard. And he, I saw him like giving everyone shots and then they were like signing the clipboard. <laughs> and I went up to him and I was like, what is, what's going on here? And he was like, oh, I'm the devil. Uh, and he's like, do you want a shot of fireball? And I was like, hell yeah, man, that would be awesome. He's like, cool, <laughs> give me your soul. <laughs> you were so easy. You were so easy. And he's, he was like, he was like, that's what everyone's doing. If you sign this and give me your soul, I'll give you a shot of fireball whiskey. And I was like... Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, sure. So I like, you know, poured the shot and everything. And I was like, I had the pen in my hand. And I was like, you're not though, are you? You're not. You're not the devil. R- Rory's ancestors are screaming from the outside. Rory, no! No, it's so obvious. That's how he got all of us. Uh, I didn't take the shot. Guy, I asked him point blank. I was like, are you the devil? He winks. And he just kept smiling. And I don't know if that's a thing. The devil's not allowed to say if he is the devil or maybe he has to say he's the devil. I don't know. But I was like... It's like like police officers. They can't lie. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to take the shot. And then he just like kept smiling and walked over to the next person. (laughs) I was like, that was like kind of freaky. This dude sold it as well. He had like, he was like a red haired guy. I swear he had a little goatee. Um, but yeah, real like big creepy grin. Uh, it was very spooky. So I, I played it safe that night. You wow. Know? I had no idea that this story would resonate with you so much, Rory, because it's exactly the same. A guy turning up by all, uh, you know, intents and purposes, appearing to be a party goer. Yeah. So, you know, their, their guard is lowered. They think it's all a fun little game. And then, uh oh, Johnny goes night, night. I mean, I still ended up face down in a bowl of poutine that night (laughs) and I didn't sign my soul away so how's that fair (laughs) but it is true like you know this story it's easy to say that I know this is uh it's almost got like a movie feel to it, a horror movie feel which makes it feel not real because it's just so kind of perfect for, for storytelling but it's easy to forget that this is a small but famous club and the story had to come from somewhere. Granted, the story probably has been a little bit fluffed and embellished over time, as these stories, it's been a long time since the 60s, it's been embellished and it's become, you know, combination of a witness testimony and an urban legend, I'm sure. But these things have to come from somewhere, which is kind of crazy. So this was the first instance of something paranormal taking place at the club? It's not the first because uh, I think the idea was the girls, you know, they had the seance because there had already been rumors of sightings of ghosts and things. Okay. But it's probably, from what I gather, maybe the most famous um, paranormal story from from the cavern. You can just imagine, we've been to these kind of haunted buildings, Rory. You can imagine the people who work here are gonna love telling you that story. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty strong one to start with. I mean, probably a bad idea to let the general public perform a seance in your venue. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think the insurance covers that. Yeah. We've investigated a lot of places over the years, but it is certainly rare that Lucifer shows up. I can really only think of one other time, other than Rory's house party. Um, it was the Hellfire Club outside Dublin. Uh, the devil famously visited that club. That's very true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, he also appeared in the retelling of... The origins of the jack-o'-lantern. Oh, that's right. The pumpkins, because I believe there was an alcoholic Irishman that put the devil in his pocket. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> Quote, get in me pocket. Get in me pocket. But I think in the story of the Cavern Club, this feels like an inflection point. This feels like a twist, right? We've got a couple different things going on. The green girl and then the devil showing up. Those are not created equal. If the devil is showing up to your club, there has to be a damn good reason. This isn't a time slip. No one died in the toilet and is a ghost now. Something else is going on. Why are these paranormal occurrences happening here? Well, you see, the Cavern Club is located on Matthew Street, a street named after an extremely wealthy Victorian merchant, Matthew Pluckington. 
he had operated a warehouse on the grounds that the Cavern Club now sits on. And between you and me, he didn't start his business with a bank loan, let's put it that way. (laughs) The story goes that in order to become wealthy beyond his wildest imagination, Pluckington struck a deal with the devil to worship him on this site in exchange for a prosperous business. Whoa. It's said that underneath the foundations of the Cavern Club, there still exists a temple or shrine to Satan created by the Victorian businessman. Holy shit. Lead with this. (laughs) Lead with this. This is huge. Do you think that would cut it in terms of what we're seeing in this venue? I would say so, yeah. If the shrine still exists or hasn't been destroyed yet, it's still a beacon to the Dark One to come to this place and assume that everyone in the vicinity are on board with the worshipping. You know, if you think of shrines and temples as spawn points, you know, God and Jesus, they have millions. Millions and millions of of places on Earth where they're they're good, little safe zones. Uh, The devil, thankfully... Not many. Not that many. I can't think of, you know, satanic shrines don't come up that often on TPL. True. Yeah. Uh, Maybe some like rock and roll hardcore clubs. Yeah. If the devil showed up, people would be like, oh shit. Yeah. Come on. Come on in. You know, but yeah, not a lot of places. I mean, we've tried. We've put, we've created summoning circles live on stage, but it hasn't really worked. That was for a specific demon though. Not just the devil. It's true. It's true. You think Rory would have signed up to doing that? Hell no. I only draw those circles for one specific reason. To try and get another shot of fireball whiskey. (laughs) Well, interestingly, they were excavating this area in 1982 and did discover a huge vault underneath the stage that the Beatles used to play on all those years ago. Whoa. I don't know if they found buckets of blood or chicken bones or crosses or whatever, but it's cool that there's obviously a grain of truth to that legend of a, a hidden passageway or something underneath the venue. Yeah, are we talking like a metal vault or like an area, I think I think more just like a hollow, you right. know, a, a, a little area underneath it all. Ooh, that's creepy. You know, I think that's a pretty cool reason for some of the stuff to be happening the way it is, but... Fair enough, the club has been open for quite a long time now and is an unbelievably hot attraction in Liverpool for fans of the Beatles. I mean, this place has basically now just become a Beatles tribute spot. Any night of the week, you can go and just see Beatles tribute bands rocking out, which means a lot of potential paranormal witnesses. So surely we have some evidence from the modern day. Well... I do have one report. In 2014, Christine Walsh went to see one of these tribute acts in the Cavern Club, and she understandably took some photos to preserve the memory and was shocked to see what turned up in the photos next to the musicians. Rory, feast your eyes on this. So here's a photo of the band on stage in the club. This is, this place is so much smaller than I imagined. This is not a big club or a bustling venue it's a railway arch it is they're literally just in in like a hobbit hole these motherfuckers really do look like the beatles it's true i mean that's just turtlenecks and kind of shit haircuts (laughs) okay all right hey guys we love the beatles here and we don't want to hear any slander but rory i don't know if you see anything out of the ordinary let's punch in 300 percent. what is that What, what are you talking about what uh Uh, The paranormal activity happening right before your very eyes? That. That circle? Yes. The orb? It's an orb. I mean, if you're going to tell me, if you're going to point at a dust speck in a picture. A dust speck? Yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in the world of paranormal investigation is people talking about orbs in photographs. (laughs) Have you ever filmed anything at night or taken a picture at night with a flash on? No, I'm scared. (laughs) <laughs> you get orbs you get mm. artifacts yeah, you get because the, the place is coming down with ghosts i loki thought it was going to be the devil somewhere <laughs> hidden in this picture i didn't realize it was mm. going to be a circle of white i have kind of built up that expectation that's fair to say we know he's not shy okay not loving that piece of evidence yeah i thought that was going to be kind of a shadowy figure watching from a hallway or maybe like a photo of the vault maybe once they it, maybe it, it is the devil 
What is? The guy. Maybe the guy is the devil? Yeah, yeah. He's wearing black. I'm just worried now you're going to start saying that anyone could be a future ghost. All right, this is going poorly in the latter section of the podcast. Hey, keep the energy high. Whoa. Uh, There's been a lot of good stuff. Maybe we could just forget that little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I've run out of words. Yeah, the script's over. Um, So. Yeah. Rory, Rory, Rory. The Cavern Club, huh? That's me, yeah. This has been something else. Yeah, not really seeing how the green mm-hmm. future girl ties into things necessarily, uh, but I do okay. like the devil getting involved in the seance. That's pretty cool. That's like pulling a shiny Charizard out of your Pokemon pack. If you're like, hey, we're just going to f*** around, see who's out there in the demon world. Could be anyone, could be any number of bastards from history. Oh, who is it? It's me, the devil. You just got the rarest one of all time. This is when, you know, you got the the Bruce, you go see the Bruce Springsteen tribute act and Bruce actually drops by because he's in town and he sings a couple songs. Yeah, that's exactly what you want. You're pretty excited and a little terrified. Um, But I haven't heard of him specifically stealing a soul that just kills a dude on the spot. Yeah. Is that in his remit? I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know if he took your soul. I figured it was more of a when you die of natural causes. Yeah, you're gone rather than a you're dead on the spot. I mean, maybe this guy just happened to also choke on a bar peanut directly after <laughs> the, the seance. devil's like, I didn't do that. The devil's like, anyway, I'll be back in thirty. 30- oh shit! <laughs> he died now. Like, oh fuck! I didn't even bring a bag or anything. I gotta, guys, give me a hand here. We gotta. There's a lot of steps we're gonna need. The elevator's out of order. So, <laughs> hey. uh, yeah, I no, I, this kind of goes against a lot of what the devil does. He usually doesn't tell people he's the devil because he's trying to trick them. Okay. Uh, and then usually if he does, as you said, steal a soul or own a soul, it's to the benefit of the individual up until the point of death. And then it, it that's the price you're paying. This dude just gave his soul. Maybe that was it. He didn't even make a deal. The devil was like, this dumbass didn't even get anything out of it. Yeah, I'll just take the soul. I'll kill you now, by the way. And it's over with. Maybe that's the theme. Maybe that's the theme of today's case is that, you know, sometimes reality, sometimes the paranormal doesn't fit inside a neat box. We love as storytellers here on the podcast to create through lines, create a narrative, but sometimes maybe there isn't any and we've got a bit of convenient disparate kind of things going on we've got green flashes we've got ghosts turning up in the toilets we've got the devil showing up and taking people's soul and then some pretty convincing orbs too (laughs) uh but none of it really feels that connected which puts us in a tough spot yeah as investigators yeah we've had similar uh stories before when we're talking about ley lines or you know haunted locations it's kind of a smorgasbord of paranormal activity And uh, unfortunately, the conclusion is always the same. Why would any of this happen? What's the links? And if you can't find them, it's very hard to say that these, these things did really take place. At the end of every episode of this Paranormal Life, we have to decide whether our case is a yes or a no, whether it's true or not. Rory, in the case of the Cavern Club of Liverpool, what are you saying? And think about Joe. And think about Joe, who wrote in. All the way from Birkenhead, pretty far away. It's a no. Whoa. It's a no, Joe. All right, Joe. I was trying to help you out here. I I think, unfortunately, it is. It is a, it's a no, Joe. We don't have enough paranormal evidence for any one of these to say that it's definitively paranormal. Um, Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And you just lost your soul, Joe. Because that's what, if you, whoa, we got, a, we got a little deal with the devil where if you submit a case for us to investigate and it turns out to be a double no, he gets you. He gets you. Not even a shot of fireball for compensation. Rory didn't, didn't mention that, but he, he, he's, he got a little side action when he met the devil that night. Yeah, he, was, did, he was like, yeah. let me set up a little, let, call it a referral scheme, if you will. <laughs> use, use coupon code no to get one soul. Damn it. Well, thank you so much, Joe Heath, and and anyone else who suggested that. Apologies if I missed you, but thank you for suggesting that. A really fun time looking into that. Always fun to get back to Liverpool. Hell, you never know. Uh, we're not doing Liverpool on the upcoming tour. Uh, we're going pretty close to Manchester, uh, but hopefully we could go check this spot out uh, in person 
someday. I know Rory will be dying to see one of those tribute acts. Oh yeah, you know me. I do love the Beatles. I was actually in Liverpool recently for the first time in like 15 years to attend a friend's wedding. Uh, I didn't stick around for too long, but I did go out for breakfast and had something called a uh, Liverpool bun. Oh? Yeah. What was that? Some sort of jam and cream uh, in a very, very dry (laughs) bun. (laughs) Yeah, I I noticed this trend, right, of regional buns. Sometimes there's a reason they don't make it out the region. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had a Belfast bap. What the hell is that? It's, It's a burnt bap. That sounds terrible. Let me show you it. A Belfast bap sounds something you do to someone. Like box their ears from behind or something. I mean, that's it there. It's like the... It's burnt bread. It's the it's the toughest <laughs> roll you've ever had in your f***ing life. I mean, I understand that, that there's one, like a filled one with like an Ulster fry in it or whatever. Right. But like, dude, it is like... I'm into the Ulster fry one. That you, sounds pretty good. <laughs> all right, he's come around. All right, well, you know, these are just some of the regional delicacies we're going to have to try on our world tour. Uh, Fun fact, at that restaurant, uh, because I was out there eating with some of the RKG guys that I work with. Go on. And the waiter came over and he was like, did you guys, uh, do you guys do some video game stuff? And we were like, yeah, 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 we, we, we still do the video game stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, I used to watch you when I was a kid. Don't anymore, though. And then walked away. (laughs) Well, video games are... Hey, nice to meet you too, man. Video games are for children, so, you know, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. It's just like, a lot of grown people watch our show as well. Do they? I thought it was all, like, toddlers or something. No, no. That's an accident that's happened. (laughs) Is that it's weirdly become a big thing in the the toddler community, uh, which I'm not proud of. But (laughs) apparently, when babies see my face, they think I'm one of them. And they think Krupa is Papa. (laughs) He just has that vibe. As I say, we are going to be all over the UK, as well as the USA, uh, in a very short period of time. In October, we are hitting nine cities across the world. Oh! LA, San Francisco, London, Dubai. No, not Dubai. Uh, Addis Ababa. We're going to be gobbling buns in every one of the biggest cities in the world. We want to try your buns in uh, L.A. We want to try your buns in San Francisco. We can't, we, I want to eat all the local delicacies. You don't even like sweet stuff. Give me some savory ones then. <laughs> fill, them, fill them with bacon or chicken or something like that and, <laughs> and put it in a bun. That could be arranged. Head over to thisparanormallife.com to get your tickets. They are moving fast. At the time of recording, there's tickets left for Chicago. I don't know if there's going to be when this comes out. Um, Godspeed. And you guys know that Patreon.com is the home of all the extra episodes of This Paranormal Life. Monthly full-length bonus episodes, weekly behind-the-scenes podcasts in the form of the After Party. Uh, There's another five podcasts a month coming out over there. Patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. Which is why, at the end of the show, we like to give a shout-out to those on the shout-out tier. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Special thank you to Emma Dodson. Emma Dodson's got like 30 godsons. Whoa, that's a big family. I think just like she's just such an upstanding citizen, people just keep throwing godchildren at her, you know? That's that's a pretty good situation to be in. My parents said that they had a devil son, me. <laughs> so Not I wouldn't complain too much about it. About having godsons, all right? Thanks also to Marcus Lidstedt. Marcus, we need you to farkus. Farkus. Marcus. <laughs> You've been falling asleep on the job, Marcus. We need you to focus. You've been falling asleep on the job in the commune, and we a- need you to focus because you're supposed to be men in the gate, and people are escaping. Marcus. Escaping? <laughs> escaping. I, I don't know Marcus, what they're escaping is. as we speak. Would you f***ing focus? I don't know what happened to Kit. I think he fell and hit his head before that part, but... uh. Focus up, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. Thanks to Mary Trafford. Mary Trafford builds bad forts. Bad forts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like when we were building the commune, we were like, she was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to build one too. I'm like, like yeah, go expert, for it, yeah. Mary. Yeah, do a good job. I hope, hope, hope it goes great. And then, you know, after we built the utopia that is the commune, she built like another city and she used like, the river to power everything like they had a water Wait, what? wheel 
and a whole irrigation system that meant the crops were like completely fully looked after. And it was a weird system where it was like everyone was equal. Which is so... But they, who, yeah, how do no, they know who I'm, the king I'm is? Out. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mary, right? what, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Your Ford's bad, Mary. <laughs> Thanks also to Joe Klish. Joe Klish has a joke list so funny that the top five would make you wet yourself. Oh, a joke list. A joke okay. list. Okay. A list of jokes. <laughs> you asshole. Yes. <laughs> Are you f***ing hard of hearing? <laughs> you got sham son of a fish. There's a lot. Of, the list is insane. And if you... That's cool. He has to hide it in a vault because if someone even reads the jokes, it, it's too funny. They'll explode. Thanks to Tom Svabic. We know that Tom DeLong is a big paranormal fan and alien enthusiast. This is Tom the Short, Tom the Small. This this little Tom is 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 in a borderline fairy. Jesus, man, he's so small. Um, but you know, we weren't sure whether he was one of those fairies that could cast spells and make things make food grow. Uh, so we we thought, Tom, you're you're welcome here. Uh, and also, it's hard to keep him out because he can slip right through the gates. He can go through a f***ing keyhole. Yeah, yeah, he's that tall. A uh, sm- small. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lastly, but not leastly today, to David de Gurnier. More like David de Bernier. Because if this guy sees something he doesn't like, guess what he does? He burns it down and he moves on. Good man. Living through the rules of the paranormal commune. That's why we're on Commune 37. <laughs> David, buddy. And please, David, I hope you like this one because we can't we, we can't deal with another wildfire, quote unquote, David, because you've reported 36 of them now. <laughs> all right. And we think you're starting them. Thank you, David. Thank you to everyone else. We have shouted out. Thank you for tuning in this week. Woo! We are going to be back on Friday with the after party on Patreon, uh, but also on Tuesday, as always with a brand new paranormal tale. Bye-bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.